Hey there, this is Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. So the firecracker department has been going on for over a month and uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting it and sharing and tweeting and commenting and suggesting new firecrackers that I could talk to. All of that is fantastic. I love the conversations that are starting and I love the community that we're building uh, across the world. My uncle in England is listening to that. He's giving me notes. I love it. But he's giving me interesting ideas. So it's fantastic. We're starting something really cool. And it's because of you joining this conversation, joining the department. So thank you. We have an amazing firecracker today. We have Mackenzie Donaldson. Now, Mackenzie, gosh, she is such an interesting and funny woman. I don't see her half as much as I would if I could, because I'm a huge fan. Uh, but she's so funny. Whenever we do see each other, we have such a good time and such a great chat. Uh, she is the co-producer of Orphan Black. And um, in this conversation, you find out how she went from working in a restaurant to working at one of our top talent agencies to being a producer on Orphan Black. It's an amazing story. Now, for those of you who don't know Orphan Black, welcome to 2017. It's an amazing show. Uh, made in Canada. It's on the Sci-Fi Network and it's just awesome. It's well produced. It looks beautiful. The acting is incredible. Tatiana Maslany is just next level talented with this show and uh, she's funny and she's fierce and I don't want to give anything away so you have to watch it but she's also surrounded by this amazing supporting cast too so ah, it's an amazing show. I love it. Um, if you haven't seen it, you know what? Pause this podcast. Go watch a couple episodes and come back. Welcome back. So, right? Orphan Black. It's amazing. And Mackenzie Donaldson is one of the producers of it. So this is a great opportunity to find out um, what's behind this amazing show and what goes on in her mind. What's inspiring for her. Here we go. Mackenzie Donaldson. The Muff Society um, is like a group of women they yeah. put on movies at the Carlton yeah. and they always pay our shorts with so ours played last night and they did a little write up on us and one of the questions that I had to answer for the interview was like why are you a feminist and I was also just like what? because I am a woman <laughs> why aren't you <laughs> yeah I, it, yeah it was like really hard for me to answer that question I probably wrote the answer like six different ways because it was a you know like a I could write my answers an email interview yeah which is always nice. Yeah, yeah, you can, can edit it real smart that way. I can use a dictionary. Yeah. So what what did you end up? I'm taking my shoes. I said I'm a feminist because I'm a woman. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it blows my mind those kind and of And that questions. we're not equal. We're saturated in rape culture. It's got to change. Did you write that too? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and oh, by and, the way, by the way, <laughs> and but, furthermore, but that's I don't I don't know any other way to be. Was this a male or a female um, journalist? It was a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a fair question in the sense that it spurns on discussion. Totally. So, And it made me really think about the reasons why, and that is the reason yeah. why. Do you think that it's changed? Like, I, I feel like there was a time that saying that you're a feminist was sort of a dirty word, and now it's. I feel like it's really powerful. Like, I feel like men yeah. are also saying I'm a feminist for the power. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so, like, I want some of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean... I think that since I've felt like I was a feminist, it's been like 
okay to say, but even in the last, I'd say, like, three years, it seems even more and more, like, yeah. it's okay to say it, um, and it should be okay, it should be more than okay yeah. to say Yeah, did you ever it. feel it wasn't, like, as a Yeah, friend? yeah, Hannah and I wrote for the Globe and Mail a few years ago, and, um, and around that time, whatever, Linda came out as mm-hmm. well, and we... And I got some real hate really? mail saying that our show wasn't a feminist show, um, saying that we were, like, you know, basically hacks for calling ourselves, like, feminists. And what? it was, like, it was a pretty, it was, like, really crazy, you know, like, anonymous yeah. hate anonymous. email, whatever. You know, that's easier to hate on people when you, your face or name isn't attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, it was definitely an interesting point of view. I mean, like... We're not, maybe we're not perfect, but we are perfect, but whatever Linda was never made, thank you. (laughs) Maybe we're not perfect, but um, whatever Linda wasn't made to necessarily, like, break down any barriers. It was just, like, super exciting to put women in roles that men usually take. And if that doesn't, like, cross every T and dot every I of, like, what a textbook feminist show should be, then, like, that's okay by Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Because... I also think that the way change happens is through pop culture and culture and you can't, things have to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I think that the job of like, of, of women that are being storytellers that want to see change, men too, of course, mm-hmm. and that you just have to put women in places that usually men are portrayed as mm-hmm. and then people will start to accept it more and more and more. And then you can do the edgier, more feminist, more by the book stuff yeah. once you've won them over to being able to see and laugh and, like, watch someone be a gangster or, like, pull off financial fraud, as in our case, or, like, race cars or something, you know, like, in a movie. Once you're, like, seeing, like, the big, you know, the Ghostbusters turned into women, then you can start, then you have the power to, like, persuade people that would be, first of all, probably maybe turned off by, like, a feminist film, you know? They might see it in a different lens because they've seen their pop culture reflect that women can do that stuff yeah. i don't know no I love i'm just that. all for like pop cu- i think it, it 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 has to change in the masses not just for like i'm not going to make a web series that's just for uh, i'm personally not going to make a web series that's just for like the five textbook feminists that like study feminism in, uni- in a university and then right. decide to hate on a show that's trying to speak to like but many. did you intentionally go let's make that's shocked the gender roles with uh, whatever Linda. Yeah, that was Hannah and Julian. So mm-hmm. they came up with the idea um, and brought it to me in its baby stages, and we sort of like you know developed the story together. But their whole concept was like Hannah and Julian were frustrated actors. They were burgeoning writers. They knew so many talented women that they were seeing not getting parts, mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to make something together where they could cast a bunch of women, and that was their prerogative. And then Julian read a story about Bernie Madoff scandal and how his secretaries were really embroiled in it, and, you know, his secretaries were making millions of dollars every year, and he thought, well, what if we flip that story on its head and they came up with the Ponzi scheme? And then, boom, you have a room full of women that you can cast and a really exciting story. Yeah, and something that shakes it up a bit. Yeah, totally. Um, Now, do you think that you... Where did you get that kind of strength from? Like, that kind of feministic viewpoint or pursuit? Uh, I guess my parents. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my mom's definitely, like, a, yeah. you know, like, not your average uh, bombshell superstar. Like, you know, like, that's yeah. not her career path. That, And she's a, a very well-known actress in mm-hmm. her own right. And that wasn't, 
you know, Sheila she played McCarthy. Sheila McCarthy. Yeah, we just have to say it out loud. <laughs> Maybe we should never speak of it. Maybe. And then people would Google and find And they'd out. be like, what? But you're, you're, you're right. Every like time, her? like, I'd see, like, I've watched her career ever since I was in theater school, and she was never, as you said, the blonde, blonde bombshell, or she was always yeah. doing interesting, quirky. I always knew that if she was in a project, it was going to be interesting. Totally. And yeah. it, it, you know, and so I guess that's inspiring and, um, I think also just growing up in the arts and around actors and theater and stuff like that, like it's a, actors are relatively feminist and equal people, I would Mm -hmm. say. It's a lot of the machine around the industry that isn't so much that way. So I think I grew up in an environment where men and women and gay men and gay women and whatever all kind of like were the same. Yeah, you're very liberal. It very liberal yeah. in that sense. It was, you know, so I didn't I think that inspired me. I think also b- back to my mom, I th- she has like a real fighting spirit in the sense of a lot of her bigot roles that changed her career, she had to fight for mm-hmm. and she like she has a famous story which I won't ruin because maybe she'll tell yeah. it on your yeah, podcast someday. <laughs> But it, it has to do with how she got Die Hard 2 and, and Bruce Willis and standing up to him. Right. And that sort of, like, asking for what you want kind of mentality mm-hmm. she really believes in. And um, still to this day, well, she'll write a letter if she doesn't feel like something happened right or wrong. And, yeah. Or she'll tell someone that she wants to direct or she wants, you know, like she... I love that. Because the... And I can't think she kind of gave that strength to me that the worst thing that is going to happen is people are going to say no. Yeah. And, like, that's the worst. Yeah. So after that, the best thing that can happen is they're going to say yes 100% or they're going to say no but, right? Right. So, like, those are really, that, those, that's two out of three chances of it going better than no. My mom had the theory of what's the worst can happen, too, and you just have to ask for it. And And so there's, like, I have stories of being like, well, I want to do this. No. Okay. Okay. Well, (laughs) at least I tried. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. At least you tried, and I think that's sort of... I approach, like, my feminism and my work yeah. all with that kind of mentality, you know? I, that's how I got to be a producer on Orphan Black yeah. at a young age. You know, I asked for it, and I worked my butt off, and yeah. I, you know? And I think right, women have to work. do that more. It's having the work behind it, too. True, of right? course. Like, going, asking for it, but then also, you're, you work tirelessly. Like, I'm amazed at what you, you accomplish. I'm going to back, back to work after. Of course you are. I mean, <laughs> it's only 6 o'clock. <laughs> it's not midnight yet. Um, but you feel like women have to do that more? I do. I, yeah. I think, and we have to do that in um, negotiating our contracts. Yeah. And everyone, not just in the arts, like everybody. Um, you know, I read a crazy article that said that men never, men on average, I mean, obviously I'm going to maybe talk in some grand Generalized, generalizations, that's okay. but men never take, like, the first deal that they're offered at a job. Right. They they ask for more, and they're not afraid of losing the job for asking more. Right. Whereas women are grateful for the job. Right. And don't ask for more. And yeah. that it was this great article. It was about, I think it was about a year ago or something like that. It was in the Globe and Mail. I remember reading it at my mom's cottage. And I was just like, whoa, we need to teach our kids, yeah. men and women, that they need to ask for more and negotiate on behalf of themselves and have that power and within them. Because, like, it's not fair that two people could get the same job and a woman says, yes, I'll take that contract and a man, do- man doesn't and then they get 10% more or whatever, no, right? that's ridiculous. And that's maybe just something that's not, like, ingrained in or, like, bred into us like, yeah. or, like, taught to us. I don't know. Well, do you um, remember a time when there was, like, a tipping point of going, I gotta, like, I gotta 
find the courage and ask for something. Do you remember that moment? Oh, yeah. I've, it's happened many times. But do you remember the, like, the first time you were like, I'm just going to do it, and it taught you to keep doing it? Because um, it's one thing being told, just ask for what you want. Yeah. And it's one thing doing it and le- feeling that feeling inside of going, oh, victorious, or like the fear of going, they might say no, and then succeeding. It's a huge What's funny thing. is the first thing that's coming into my head yeah. is I was 15, and I had a really big crush on this guy that worked at Balzac's in Stratford, who's still a friend of mine. And Fantastic. And I knew he wanted to see a play that my dad was in, so I got tickets, and I went up, and I was like, the worst he's going to say is no, the worst is he's going to say is no, the worst thing he's going to say is no, and I asked him to go to the play with me, oh and God. he went. We never dated. We never... No. It wasn't even a real but date. But he said yes. But he said yes, and I think, honestly, like that was the... F- that, it's funny that that's the first thing yeah. that comes to mind yeah. was asking a boy out, but it was the same, that yeah. feeling I had talking myself into doing that and, like, yeah. the butterflies and the anxiety and the, like, the million ways he was going to say no in my head yeah. playing out is the same feeling I get, like, when I renegotiated my deal for season five of Orphan Black this summer and when I asked to be for a promotion at OAZ when I worked there, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's the same, same feeling. feeling yeah, of just being, like, no, this is what you want. So if no one's going to give it to you, he's not going to give it to me. I have to, like, ask for Right, it. as opposed to sitting back going, oh, I hope he asks me to get tickets to see my father's play. What? Yeah, like, no, he's not going to do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, that's, pra- as you said, that's practice. That's a muscle. It is a muscle. Like, and I just remember that that, like, that's the first, you asked me the first time I could remember it, and that was the first memory that popped into my head. Yeah, getting... Like, before work, before... Yeah, and what about, so... Like that. Right, because you were, you... You were brought up by in the arts, but then you went into, like, you were an actor for a while, which I didn't know about. Most of my home videos are me out in my backyard. We had this, like, stone wall, and, like, my mom would just videotape me for, like, hours. Yeah. Like, by myself, <laughs> putting on shows for nobody in, in my front yard. What were the shows? I don't know. Like I, was like, I was always, like, I was kind of, like, I was always playing an actress character? behind backstage. I was always an actress backstage, like, getting ready for the show right. and, like, pretending I was, like, rushing around, like, making sure everything was, like... Producing. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're asking me what were the shows, like, uh, I guess that's Really, I was just producing. <laughs> yeah, I was just... I was bossy from, like, the yeah. moment I was born, so... Yeah, good for you. Bossy. At least I found a way for it to... Um, be part of what I do yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I started acting on Emily of New Moon um I always did arts camps and yeah stuff like that uh basically my family my mom got a move a tv show in PEI and we all moved there right and she was like maybe you should audition like it might be fun for you to be a part of the the show we're moving yeah. out here and like you know I didn't have any friends and yeah so I auditioned and I got the part I was like the Pinky to the brain of the bad kids at yes, school. Yes, like I was perfect. Bully. Yeah, um, toughy. Yeah, and I got to be in you know like over half the episodes every season, yeah. and I got the pox one season, and I lived, which was really awesome. Because yeah. you never know when writers know. give you the pox. It's like I know Jerry keeps telling me I was going to get like that fun kind of cancer. I'm like, but that's well, not the fun kind that I'd get written out of the whole show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now did that and like when you were doing that, were you like, I love this? Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I loved being on set. Like, I was, um, for the first three years, we went, my sister and I went to elementary school out there. Um, and then the fourth year we went back, I was like, I just want to be tutored on set. Because it was just the best. There was never less than, like, four kids around 
other than my sister and I on set. Yeah. Um, so in between scenes or when they weren't needed, we would just either be like being tutored all together in like a one room classroom, or we'd be playing pretend like in a barn set. Yeah. Like as Were if it was like 1850. Oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> like rearranging props and stuff. And, and like action. Just being like, no, Drew, you're going to be sick. <laughs> like you're sick in this, you're sick today in this family drama that we're putting on for ourselves. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I liked it. It just, uh, and then I, I did a few other little things after that, always with my mom, like yeah. either brought on or auditioned, but to be in like stuff with her. Um, and then it just kind of stopped. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. Well, do you know what to, happened? Uh, not one thing or? Not one thing. Um, school became more important. I, I was 13. Yeah. Dance became more important. I danced like six days a week from 13 to yeah. eight, 18. Wow. Um, for a while, like I was considering modeling because I like grew nine inches and yeah. was like 115 pounds and five nine and, but I had all this baby fat on my face still, so that didn't work out. And also... I couldn't dance if I did yeah. modeling Dancers. when I was 15. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then... You sort of choose at one point. Yeah, and I did some school musicals and stuff, but I just... I don't know. My parents always raised my sister and I with the mantra that if you can think of anything else to do but act, do it. And neither of us are actors. Right. So, so you could think of something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like the, um, you know, it's funny, we were just talking about this, the Uta Hagen quote of, like, if you ever have to question whether or not you should be an actor, then you shouldn't. And I remember yeah. going, like, oh, no, but I'm questioning it. But I think you do question it. And if you still come out on the other side going, no, I do, then you're in the right place. But if you don't question it, like... You must be super successful if you don't question it. <laughs> yeah, right? But when even you... successful people, I'm sure they question oh, that they're yeah. on the right track. And... Totally. So then you went into... Like, were you just doing school plays, and then you started working at Oscars and Abrams, like, right away? I no, I went to university, and I went uh, I went to McGill thinking I was going to be, like, a lawyer and not be in the industry at all. Like, I was, like, really, by that point, I was just, like, um, I was just, I was a really good student, and I wasn't interested in, I mean, I loved the arts, but I wasn't yeah. interested in um, pursuing it, or so I thought, and uh, about halfway through my first year of university I was not reading my history textbooks and instead I was binge watching um the wire before binge watching was even something people said right and uh, you were the original binger oh yeah well it's okay own it own I'll it. own it I'll, I'll own it for this podcast <laughs> and it was kind of very clear to me that that like wasn't yeah the history in French wasn't the path for me so. were you able to st- sit back and go oh I'm on the wrong path yeah, because I wasn't going to class, right. and I was, like, not doing well, and I was yeah. a really good student, and I was just, yeah, I realized it. So I, I changed my path at university. I studied cultural studies and took as many film classes that McGill would let me take, but it's a very traditional school. Mm-hmm. I think they have a film department now, but they didn't when I was there. It was all done through cultural studies, which was great, too, because um, now when I look back, there was a few years after university that I wish I'd gone to Ryerson. Like, I wish I'd known that I wanted to study film and Mm -hmm. gone to film school. But I look back now and I think, like, there was nothing more rewarding than just having a general arts, like, four years of studying, like, the best textbooks and philosophy and uh, the best, um, I said textbooks, the best (laughs) novels, like, like, you know, um, and cultures from all over the world and and different primary primary sources and, um, and films. And... I just realized that what I liked was studying history through the lens of a film and, like, 
why a film was made at a certain time and how it changed the world around them and what the culture behind it influenced things within the film. So that just ended up being like what I did. And then it wasn't until um, after university, about a year after university, um, after my dad passed that I started working at OAZ actually. So, right. yeah. Wow. So th- how long ago did your dad pass? Uh, it'll be six years in January. That's crazy. Yeah. It feels like days ago. I know. Does he, is he present for you? Do you, do you have his like voice in your head for things that you do in this industry? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's around. Um, he's very much around. Uh, he's such a force. Oh my God. Such like, a force. In the community, but I mean, he wasn't. He's always reminding me to be um, honest. Uh. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's funny. It's that's like, a great thing to give your great, kid. Be honest. Like, that's that's. A yeah, gift. when I'm not, it's like, it's as if he's, like, in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I don't get sleep. I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, yeah, he's around for sure. It's funny, right now we're casting a role in Orphan Black that's pivotal to the end of the show. And we're having a really hard time with it. And. It's like we I was sitting next to John Fawcett in like the fifth casting session and I looked over at him and I'm like, Oh my god, if my dad was alive, like it would be him and we both like looked at each other because John was a big fan of my dad and we were both just like Whoa And it was like, you know, that's that kind of thing's yeah. like heavy and last season I got to work with David Wellington for the first time. He directed an episode of Orphan Black and he directed my dad in Long Day's Journey into Night, right, right, right. which was like a pivotal Huge. film in my dad's career. And it was really special to get to work together. And, um, yeah. You feel and like I, you spend time with him when you get to spend time with his buddies? Yeah. Like, I know, like, when people have passed for me and I see somebody and we sort of have, like, a fan club meeting about them. And you're just like, my heart's full from just having that time. Yeah, when someone knew or someone that you haven't seen in a long time or you didn't know that well talked about him. It's like a new per it's like it's like new stuff. Like yeah. is, and that that doesn't happen very much because no, it's, it's a all gift. old stuff. So it's a gift. Actually, yeah, today on set we cast a uh, an actor um in a role on Orphan Black that knows my dad and like it's just funny, I'm just remembering this morning, like the start of my day off actually having a conversation about my dad on That's, set. So yeah, he's and definitely how is that around. For you? Is that like uh, is that hard or is that uh, inspiring? This is, they can be hard. This yeah. one was inspired. Oh, yeah. Good way to start your day, then. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. can be hard, though. Yeah. It just yeah, you depends. never know on the day, right? No. Grief but, is weird that way. It can yeah. just go either way. Right. And, you, and in six years, like, it's nothing. And it could be six more years and it could still hit you just as hard, right? Yeah. Like, I know, it depends. My um, father-in-law passed away and we had that same discussion every once in a while where I'll be, like, in the pharmacy. And he was, like, always in the pharmacy finding... Um, sales on toilet paper and stuff like that and I'll just be like well, and just it'll hit you for yeah. a good sale on toilet paper will make me cry well, just, you know it's yeah. A, yeah it's a weird it's a weird thing it's definitely a, yeah it's like a powerful it's yeah. a powerful club to be a part of the, the yeah. parent club but he I mean he got to see um, um, your success and rising a no. bit not as much eh? none none so no. he didn't even know where he you got were going? Sick. He got sick when I was in university. And, um, and then he started at and Oscars and Abrams. Then he passed. And I, no, I got, he got sick when I was in university. I finished. I came home. I moved home. Um, we all moved into a condo in Toronto. I was working at Scaramouche as a hostess. And he died when I was working at Scaramouche. Wow. Um, the only thing he got to see was that I did like four days PAing on some on a web series. Yeah. 
um, a branded content web series. And like when I got home from work, I was just like so excited about being on set and just like, so I was like chat, 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 chat about it all. And I remember him, I remember he hearing him talk to my mom about how excited he was that like, because we lived in a condo, so yeah. you could hear everything. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. say this to me, but I remember him talking to my mom about how excited he was to hear that, how much I love set, and yeah. how he was like, uh-oh, like, we've lost another to the industry, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing, and yeah. um, that's really stuck in my head, that he noticed, like, yeah. how excited I was, because, like, working at Scaramouche, um, when my dad was sick, I was probably not, like, full of, I loved that job, like, yeah. they were really great to me and stuff, but, it wasn't you know, your, it wasn't, like, dream no. to work at Scaramouche, but, no. yeah. But to yeah. have him see that moment was probably really rewarding yeah. for him, too, right? Yeah. But I'm, then he passed away, and I didn't start at Always Ed until um, he he died in January, and I didn't start till May. So he actually hasn't seen any of this. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I know. You have to know that he knew, had some insight, though. Yeah. Yeah, you but know. he hadn't, he hasn't seen any of it. Yeah, it's wild. Or he's seen all of it, depending on what you believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have that discussion with your mom of, like how proud he would be of you right now and he yeah. must constantly be I mean he's such a presence like it's not he's not far away yeah no she we talk about it yeah. and we actually talk more about my boyfriend because he never met my boyfriend we've been together for right. five years so like he missed meeting Callan by like uh, 10 months yeah. so um, that's that's also something that we talk about a lot yeah because Callan's not like a part of our family so yeah yeah. Was, is he an actor? Yeah, he is. And is that um, inspiring for you guys to just be at home and talking in the industry? And do yeah. you ever and not? And then sometimes I just want to die because, yeah. you know, a lot of people that have intense jobs, like say an ER doctor, their partner's probably not an ER doctor. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. But they... maybe they're not. And they get to come home and talk about other things. Yeah. But like, my mom and my sister yeah, and yeah. the majority of my friends and my boyfriend are all in the same industry. So it's like, you know, sometimes I am just like, I don't want to talk about what anything you, about work. What do you talk about when you don't talk about work? Like, what inspires you? Like, that? because I'm the same way. I don't that, know. Like, I know. I'm trying to think, like, about the TV show we're watching. Like, again, work. Wait a second. Yeah. I don't know. I like, don't know. I don't um, have any friends that aren't in the industry. I, I have some. And it's refreshing to, like, spend an afternoon talking about, like, with my high school girlfriends yeah. about all of their lives or my, and traveling yeah. and what's happening to them and their relationships. But, yeah, with Calvin, um, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. I mean, you worked with your partner, too. Oh, my too. God. We talk about it on stage and off stage. It's everywhere. And some days you're just like, I just want to come home and not talk about He's it. He's pretty good, though. We don't always... Like, sometimes dates turn into production meetings, but a lot of times we can just be like, no, let's just have, like, a dinner. A dinner, yeah. yeah. You have to protect. You have to. Like, yeah, you have to. Because but you can't. grew up with that. Like, your parents were always in the industry. Like, it must have always been present. Yeah, once I, 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 I saw an engineer for, like, four dates. <laughs> yes. Like, I, like, how I just said that. Like, I didn't date him. Yeah. Like, I didn't call it that. Right. I saw him for four, four dates. And I was like, I just, it's not going to no, like, no, but that's the other it's thing. It's just like, and it, we just, I, so I think it's kind of, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, even no, though some no. days I'm like, can we everyone just talk about, like, 
their pets or something and not yeah. about... Well, there was a great show where this dog was on. No, not no, a TV not show. not a TV show. Pets. Not a TV show. Yeah. So when you were at Oscar Oscars Abrams, when did that turn over into a, being producer? Like, when did it stop? When did it become a serious job that you wanted to be a producer? Uh, in university. Okay. Like, in, when, I, when I sort of had that epiphany about not being a lawyer, I was like, okay, yeah. I want to be a producer. Right. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, so I started like to read, and I read this article about uh, about a bunch of producers and how they all got their start in a mailroom yeah. in the in an agency in Hollywood. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna do that. So that's why I took an internship at OAZ, right? Um, and uh, or OAZ, uh, whichever yeah. wherever you are in the world. <laughs> um, and because I was like mailroom yeah. agency, it's gonna work. Turns out the agencies they were working at were quite different than right. the Canadian version of that. <laughs> yeah, just right. like massively different. Yeah. Um, but it still worked. <laughs> so yeah, I interned there for the summer, and then they offered me a full time job being the office manager there, right? And assisting the voice agent, and um, so I did that for a year uh, and a bit, and um, it was great experience. And I like met I met so many actors, and I like learned about so many productions that were going on mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But I was like hungry that because I realized I didn't want to be an agent and I, yeah. and it wasn't leading me anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I started looking for another job and, was that uh, a struggling time for you? Oh like, my God, such a struggle. Right. Job. Cause you weren't the right place anymore. No. Like it was good at the time and then it switched to and nothing. Then it, and then it switched to being like a trap or yeah. feeling like a trap and it had nothing to do with the work. It was just that I switched. Yeah. Um, and Why I, was it a trap, though? Just because it, you were in a groove there? Well, because I needed a job. Right. And, like, it's really hard. It's really hard to look for other jobs when you have a job. Yeah. Like, really hard. Yeah, I... I it's a whole other job at night, like, applying to jobs. And I spent four months looking for a job. Yeah. I had 11 interviews. I oh probably applied God. to, like, 100 different jobs. Oh and God. I was looking for, like, any sort of assistant job, any sort of PA job. Right. Like, anything. A anything that was in the industry but different from what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it just took a lot, and it was, like, heartbreaking because I'm, I'm pretty personable. I'm good at meeting new people. So interviews, to me, often feel like they go really well. Right. <laughs> right. And then when they and don't. And then when you don't get the job, it's, it's like, oh, what? Why me? Oh. I mean... You're an actress, yeah. so I feel like <laughs> this doesn't you sound familiar at all. Yeah. Know that inside and out. You get used to it again. It's the muscle, right? So it's the a more muscle. you do, the less you're heartbroken about it. So yeah, and then and then I finally and then I interviewed for the orphan black job to mm -hmm. be the assistant to the showrunners. Yeah. Um, Did you know those guys before? No, no, I way. didn't. I um, I actually heard about the show through my mom because she'd been on. Murdoch Mysteries and a bunch of the crew was going on to the first season of this new show. Right. And also a really good family friend, Stephen Lynch, uh, was go was one of my mom's best friends and sort of like a uh, always been in my life. And um, he was going on to do makeup. Right. Um, and he was like, oh, this is the best script I've ever read. Right. Like on and on and on. But at a dinner party, and my mom was like, well, let me find out through like the props guy on Murdoch. Right. Like, who... Actually, no, it wasn't the props guy. We did take the props team. Uh, like, we didn't take them. Right, we no. came onto Orphan Black. Yeah. It was um, George, the first AD, and he told my mom that Adrian, uh, who's our production coordinator, 
uh, was like probably looking for office PAs. So I sent my resume in and she saw that I'd been an assistant for a year and she right. was like, do you want to come in for, I think you'd be oh, a great. good candidate for this job to be yeah. the assistant to the showrunners. And I had already lost the job to, on, um, the def- on Defiance, that TV show. Yes, yes, yes. I had interviewed twice to be a producer's assistant on that and I lost that job and I was like, oh, I'm not going to be qualified enough. They're not right. going to like it. Uh, but then I went in for the job interview and I met John and Graham and it was like the best 45 chemistry. minutes ever. Just chemistry. Yeah. I think we talked about X-Files for like 25 like, was minutes. Was that your wheelhouse already? Like sci-fi world and like... Yeah, I love genre stuff. Yeah. You know, like I love... It's not, it's not my only wheelhouse, no. but I really like uh, dark, real, gritty stuff. And I also really, like, I I had just been, I was probably on season, like, five of X-Files. Right, so, so was, you're in it. I was in it. Yeah, I was yeah. loving it. We had so much to talk about. Um, they really liked that I knew a lot about actors and a lot yeah. about casting and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm in this interview, and I'm, I, I'm like, missing, I'm, like, going on my lunch hour from OAZ to this interview, like, all stealth, because yeah. you don't want your employers to think that you're doing no. a bad job while you're working for them. Of course. Um, Sorry, Perry and Gail yeah. <laughs> and Michael. Um, and it was so good. But I had had this trip planned with my boyfriend. And we, right. you know, when you work in an office, you get 10 days yeah, a, a year. You know, you them. cherish them. And we'd been planning a trip to Scotland for a year, and we were leaving in a week. Um, and so at the end of the interview, I was like, so when do you want me to start? They're like, oh, maybe if I, if I get this job, when do you want right. me to start? And I was like, maybe, they're like, maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday. And I was like... Oh, oh, no. Well, what if I started next week, um, but then I took two weeks off to go to Scotland because <laughs> uh, I have this trip booked. And, and I like, saw oh. in their eyes that I, like, oh, she had... The, I saw it, like, oh, she had the job. Lost she it. lost the job. Yeah. And I was, like... And so the interview ended. I went to my car, and I, like, burst into tears. Yeah. Like, burst into tears, called my mom. I was, like, Mom, like, I just lost a job, and I they haven't even told me, but I know. And it's for a trip, and I don't know what to do, and... She oh. was like, well, Scotland will always be there. And so I called Cal and I was like, I know last night I promised you I wasn't going to cancel our trip yeah. the, if I got this job. But but I need to call them back right now and tell them I would if they give me the job. And he was super supportive. Oh, and thank God. So I called Adrian back. They Can were having a boyfriend that wasn't, though? Like, well, so long, we sucker. We wouldn't be together yeah, anymore. Yeah. Or I wouldn't have gotten the orphan black job and I'd... I don't even I want to imagine. imagine. But yeah, imagine. Yeah, that would be brutal. That's why you can't date an engineer when you're in the arts. Like, that is true. Because you need to have a partner that understands. Flexibility. Like, you know, if he got a big sitcom in New York next week, that we'd be moving to there. New York or you'd figure it out. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, and so I called Adrian back. They, they were interviewing another candidate. My heart was breaking. And I was just like, Adrian, uh, can you please tell John and Graham? And she, I was like, you won't understand this, but please tell them when they get out of their meeting that if they give me the job, I will cancel my trip yeah. to Scotland. Yeah. And I got a call like four hours later that oh. I got the job. Oh my God. I gave always had 24 hours this, notice. I knew how the story ended and I'm still on tender hooks. Like I understand <laughs> I know, that you got the job. But I got the job. I like, we canceled the trip. Oh. I gave always had that I'd been working, I'd been working for them for almost two years. They were great to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a great, like, I wouldn't be anywhere without no. like those that those years with them. I gave them twenty four hours notice, and they were so supportive, oh which my I'm God. like so, so grateful grateful for. Yeah, and I started on Monday. Holy crap! And that was like a Thursday. Yeah, and you must have started and just been like boom in a learning curve. Yeah, except that I was totally. Yeah. But I'm lucky that I'd spent so much time on sets and yes. um, 
John and Graham had never had an assistant before. Right. So it like <laughs> so they were on a learning. There curve. was like this like trifecta of reasons why it all sort of like worked so well, and I got to just make what I like after the first few days of them not telling me to do anything. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I have to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Right. And I just started tagging along to every meeting they would let me go to, yeah. and. Um, you know, started, like, reading scripts and whispering in their ear, like, things I, I thought might make the script better. Yeah. And I, I started going, I went to all the castings with them. And then eventually John... And cool guys for being open to that, too, oh, right? Oh, so Because they open. could have been, like, The no. best idea wins with them. Like, and it doesn't matter if yeah. it comes from their assistant I or if that. it comes from... I love that. Like, their their head writer, you know? Because like sometimes doesn't... people are, have so much power struggle going on or their insecurities wins in the sense of, like... Well, she's an assistant, or she's a she, and I'm not going to take that information, as opposed yeah. to best idea wins. I've never felt like a girl around them. You know, that like they've one of like, questions. I don't think... They've never made me feel like a she. Yeah. Ever. I, I am astounded that there's not more productions like Orphan Black in 2016, but it's at least there's one. At least there's at least you there's guys. One. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and you're paving the way in such a positive way, and... Yeah, we like, still have work to do, though. I mean, we only have one woman director on our show, and I feel like that's something that um, is a shame. But, I mean... But why do you think that is? Do you think that you haven't found the directors that suit the production? You know, it's like so many factors. It's that there are not enough women with the experience to be able to handle a show like this. Mm -hmm. You can't break a new TV director on a show like this. No. They have to be Canadian. They have to be experienced. And um, the ones that would... Uh, the list of the women that we would always look at every season, nine out of ten of them are booked solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just that it's, you know, it's a hard situation. And also, you know, especially in the first few seasons of a show, John and Graham, and then we're like, they want to work, you want to work with the people you know. Like, yeah. that's how this industry works. Yeah. And if you, you know... You develop a shorthand and it's you, not as yeah, much time and it's, and consumed for it. You, you know, this is a baby that they've been nurturing for 11 years. Yeah, in what do you do? Pass it over to a stranger? Gonna, yeah, no. Like that you, baby you, is not going to be happy. No, so it's it's a shame that there are not more women that... It's, it's, it's too bad that when you're, like, looking for the women, that there's not a longer list. Yeah. Because then their availabilities would probably have been more... Yeah. You know. So is there anything that you are doing as a producer as a, in, in your production to nurture uh, female directors? Because you have female writers. Yep, we, we have female writers. Um, we, right now, we actually, this season, season five, we have a lot of new writers, and our writers' room is actually 50-50 almost, which is really exciting. Yeah. We have um, two, our story coordinator and um, our writing intern, who is now staying on to be a junior story editor, um, are both women um, which is super exciting, as as well as um, we have uh, two two women in the writers' room. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm sitting in the writers' room a lot this year, and it's like I look around and I count, and it's fifty fifty, which it. is really exciting. Yeah. And the was producers that John behind, and Graham, or was that just all of you? Temple Street, John yeah. Graham, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Um, definitely something Temple Street I know wants and needs. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, and then in with directors, you know, last year we had a. Um, uh, a woman shadow one of our directors, which is a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. Our story, I'm um, not our story coordinators. Um, our uh, continuity. Mm -hmm. uh, her name is uh, uh, Melanie Orr, and she was with us for all four seasons. Mm -hmm. And last year, and she's been starting to direct episodic TV, mostly mm -hmm. kids stuff. But she's getting her reel together, and yeah. she's done a bunch of, um, you know, movies of the week and stuff like that. Yeah. And 
ultimately, John Graham didn't feel she was um, experienced enough to take on an episode this year, but last year she did some um, second unit days. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like things, things like that make moving. all of the difference. Yeah. Writing rooms are so about chemistry and, like, be you a woman or a man, like, sometimes mm-hmm. the chemistry isn't right mm-hmm. and the room is not with you and it doesn't work. Yeah, agreed. Sometimes that's because you're a woman. Most of the time, in my experience on Orphan Black, it's just because it just hasn't been the right. Yeah, but when you take the gender out, it, it can just be about the chemistry. It can just be about the chemistry, yeah. right? Um, but then, uh, so on on Boxing, which is the short that it was at TIFF last year, and I was directed by Aiden Shipley and Grayson Moore, um, I think it was great. I mean, it, it, they took my notes seriously. They took um, the actress's notes seriously. Um, it was a female-centric story yeah. that they decided to write. I mean, when two 22-year-old guys handed me a script that was about a 56-year-old woman in a boxing class, I was like, you guys think you can tell this story? Yeah. And they really did. Yeah. Just because yeah. I only say that because you know, usually write when you know, especially when you're younger, and to, like, write from a 56-year-old woman who's just lost her husband's point of view is, like, a very difficult Yeah, absolutely. Task. Yeah. It would be difficult for, for me, and my mom lost my dad when she was 56. Yeah. But I'm not a 56-year-old woman, so for two 22-year-old guys to, like, pull it off was really quite amazing. Right. Um, there was two, you know, two, two women producers, Katie Boland and myself, um... So it didn't, I honestly, on the day, it didn't feel like it mattered, yeah. and, and, um... Have you ever yeah. dealt with pushback? It feels like you're such a powerhouse of a lady that I can't imagine everybody, anybody ever challenging you. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't think you yeah. ever came from a place of insecurity. Um, I know. Or you hide it really, really well. Oh, I hide it well. Yeah. I mean, come on. We're yeah. all insecure. Oh. Deeply insecure. We're faking insecure. it really, really well. Every night on my drive home, I'm like, oh... The way I said that to that person was that okay? Like I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. always beating myself up for I that stuff. I think everybody does that because we're human. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and have you, you know ever what? felt that kind of friction, female oh, yeah. to male? Um. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then how do you battle that? How do you like in the world of giving advice and things like that? As people who might listen to this, women who might listen to this, because I think our next generation are coming through with like I'm on set with girls who are in their teens or twenties, and they're like powerful they are ready to take on the world they think that like i interviewed my nine-year-old niece and i said what's your advice to girls and she's like just do what you want to do like it, it. it didn't even I love cross that. her brain that you wouldn't do what you want to do yeah you know what i mean so what kind of advice about dealing with it because i think it happens uh, all the time for me like a lot of a lot of that stuff has happened um in Orphan Black and in that world, and it, it's hard for me to tell if it's because I'm a woman or if it's because I'm young. Right. Um, and i am been brought to the table of producers and writers so young that, like, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes a writer needs, like, just to hear from John and Graham and not to hear from the five other producers in the right. room. Yeah. So it's hard for me to tell sometimes if I'm taking it as it's because I'm a woman or if I'm taking it because I'm young. Like, it's hard for me to figure that out. Yeah. Um, you know, I deal with pushback all the time and I think that's part of my job. Like it's funny, I did a talk two nights ago for women on women on screen, right. um, which is an awesome sort of boot camp run by some actress and writers in Toronto for women that are writing web series. And um they asked me like, 
So what is it like, like, if I'm a writer and I have a script and I want you to produce or I have an idea and you sit down with me, like, what is it like to develop it with you? And I was like, well, um, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, Hannah Cheeseman gave, <laughs> brought me a draft of Cheese, uh, our first short that we made together, and it was a seven-page film about cheese. And um, in short, we did 17 drafts back and forth of yeah. that script because that's how many notes I gave and how much pushback I gave. And... What I love about Hannah is she totally pushes back with me and yeah, I, at, at me, and, and then I push back at her, and, and then we figure it out, and like, no feelings hurt. You no, know, you guys in fact, really like the other day, chemistry. we were arguing about a creative decision, and then, um, you know, it was kind of like we weren't, it didn't resolve. And so then, but then, like two hours later, I got a text from her, like, about the fact that we were like, our, our short was playing that night, and it was yeah. like, pound it, you know? Yeah, and it was yeah, like, yeah. it's awesome. I like, love it's, that. Um, I, I, you'd have to have a thick skin, as you know, to be a yeah. writer and, and anyone in this industry. Um, so I think when you feel that feeling of, like, pushback or someone might not take your comment um, to heart, it you just have to know that, like, you're not, you, your, your ideas aren't always going to, like, win yeah. in this industry. Like, especially if you want to be a writer or a yeah. producer or creative, you're, you're, it, it, there's so, there's such a hierarchy of decision making and sometimes your ideas just aren't the ones that your leader wants and yeah. you have to be open to that. And if it, and if it feels like they're pushing back at you because you're a woman or they're treating you that way, then push back harder yeah. <laughs> would be my advice. Yeah. If that's where you think the slant is coming from, then push back harder. If you think if it's any of the other reasons I just listed, then just eat it and move on and bring your a game to the next idea that yeah. you have, I think, and, and throw that one on the table. Uh, yeah. But don't, I don't think you should ever feel defeated by someone not taking your creative input or like, not taking your um, point of view, unless you're in a place where it's like a sexist prick. That's like right. you're a girl, so don't don't talk. To yeah, me. but yeah. I haven't had that experience personally. No, well, I think that's the other thing is surrounding yourself with people that are part of your team, right? Like I'm not going to put somebody on my team, be it a woman or a man, who doesn't support my me and have you know good chemistry and things like that, as you were saying. So yeah. right, I'm not going to have any douchebags on my team. No, because that's not going to be fun. And so. like the fact that. The way that, you know, my coming up story through Orphan Black and the fact that I became an associate producer by season three and, like, the guys took my advice and my ideas from day one mm-hmm. when they were the right ones for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. just shows you that, like, that, that environment is not... Well, if, if you watch the show, you know it can't possibly be a sexist environment. No, that no that but show it's is, also special. Comes right? out of it's special. Yeah. And yeah. then when I'm... Everything else I've worked on, apart from that little web series I PA'd on way back when... Yeah. Um, has been my own sets. Exactly. So I'm not going to run them in a way that people don't, that, that you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm, like you said, I'm going to hire my tribe. And yeah. I'm not going to... Um, You're going to build a good I'm team. Build a good and, team. Yeah. Because I think, and uh, correct me, what do you think about this idea? Is that I think sometimes we are so, um, we want to empower women so badly that we go, let's make, let's make this room all women, which I actually don't think is healthy either. No. That's not, that's not how it works. Right? Like, it's not how it works. So they'll say, like, I've been on shows before. They're like, let's, we're going to look for an all-female cast, all-female crew. And I'm like, but that's actually not helpful either because then we're not working together. We're just developing no. a whole other We're just community. dividing it, like, further yeah. in a way. And we're not figuring out how to work together. I mean, I think, like, mandates, like, let's try and ha- make sure that every single department has, like, a female yes. employee or at least, or even, like, 50% women is a great idea yeah but like I'm not gonna hire a female DP if my project needs a different DP I'm not gonna hire a 
a female writer if my project if the writer that is actually deserving of the job is a male like boxes. it's like what's happened with with your directors you're not gonna yeah. hire a woman that's not ready just no. because then you're and there are female. so many men that i want to work with. yeah yeah there's some good folks out there yeah and there's there's so many more women that i want to work with too but it's it's totally um it, it, it i just feel like there needs to be more equality, but that doesn't mean that there can, it just has to be, like, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Is this part of your makeup every day? Like, the, the discussion of the presence of women in our industry? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel think about like, it every day. Yeah, I feel like just every based on, like, day. the stuff I've read and watching, like, whatever, Linda, and where it's gone, and I think it's... I think you're changing things with your production, and you and Hannah are changing things with your chemistry and your teamwork and things like that. And I think that's good. That's really nice to hear. Yeah. But yeah, it's a part of my every single day, and um, I'm proud of that. And it, yeah, it it, it it like makes me excited. I you, mean, you don't have to fight anybody. Not at Orphan Black, though. No. no. I mean, there's lots of fights yeah. that go on at Orphan Black. <laughs> What's but, the, what kind of fights do you have there? Creative fights. Oh, creative fights and arguments yeah. and people wanting it in different directions and the crunch time and money and yeah. I, I, it's an endless cycle it. of putting out files. Yeah, fires. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what this job is. So yeah. yeah, I love it, and um, I love all of them. Even if I'm like, I look like a haggard witch when I get home, and I don't want to talk to anybody because I've spent fourteen hours talking and yeah. trying to get people to agree to the same thing, or you know, yeah. um, how are we ever going to make this script work in this many days with this kind of budget? Is the majority of the <laughs> of the frustrations, right. but um. Sometimes you have to remember that you're just making TV. We're just making TV, <laughs> but it's good TV. It's good TV, and, and you it's know, important. watching like the people that are affected by Orphan Black oh, makes it's me so powerful. I'm not belittling it. You know what I mean? There was no. a time you'd be like, "Oh, it's just a TV show," but it's actually a TV show that's, you know, inspiring people and changing people's lives in big and small ways. So, oh. nothing yeah. to belittle at. No, and I think that I think that. I, I honestly think right now, especially with what's been happening over the last few weeks with American politics mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, DT, we're not going to bring his real name no. up because let's yeah. not waste time. Great. Um, but all of that, I mean... But I got a case of the DTs? Is it something anybody's <laughs> going to want to say ever again? <laughs> uh, I think if you're not... I, and I, not just in our industry, I think in any industry, if you're not talking about, if you're not, if you're a woman in your workplace and you're not thinking about it, like yeah. you're very lucky, I would say. Well, I mean, it is because I am surrounded by really amazing men. Yeah. So I don't think about it as much as uh, somebody else might because I don't even think it's an issue. I go, yeah. this is what I'd like to do, and if I'm challenged, it's not a gender issue at all. It's creative issue, and I never even think about that. And so then you are lucky. I'm so lucky. Uh, yeah, and so any guys that I work with in our company or with any production that we're working on, but then every once in a while I work outside of it and I'm like, what's going on here? And it makes me realize what's existing. Like, I, I am a bit in a bubble. And I'm going to make a callback, which is an please. improv term, which I know you might like. Love the callback. My boyfriend studies in Okay, so he knows. <laughs> so I'm learning. Are all that clap focus at home. Got it. <laughs> Uh, you asked me what I talk about with my girlfriends yeah. that aren't, or my f- people that aren't in the industry, and yeah. we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Uh, I have a really close friend who's had a really hard time. She works in a completely di- different industry than me. She's a freaking conservative, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, she works in politics, she works in mining now, and um, she's amazing, yeah. but she has had probably some of the most horrific work experiences with men. In mining? Is that in, her? In, in, I, you know, I, in all of, okay. in both, in every 
work environment she's had since university, it's been, she's been up against it. And it's um, definitely been something we talk about and we relate about and we, you know, encourage about. And what's really exciting for me about her is that she is now working on initiatives within her company to get more women into the workplace. Because we're talking about one one woman that's um, cute and young and um, highly intelligent and working with 30 men in both environments and being shut down all the time and, and bullied and a whole raft of things. And I'm so proud of her for, um, like being able to like wake up in the morning and like still work on this initiative, even though to me, I feel like I just want to shout at her, like get out, (laughs) but she wants to change it, you know? And I think that that's really cool. And I kind of feel that way about, about film and TV Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I want to, I want to direct more. Uh, I want to, um, show run. I want to, uh, produce and a lot of those jobs outside of producing, which there's a lot more equality in are male driven jobs. Mm. And, um, I just like every morning when I wake up and I see those dreams, like hovering in my head of like, what, what are you going to get closer to today? Yeah. It's like, I can't help but think about, um, fighting for more women and yeah. to be in this workplace and fighting for rights. And then, you know, also that, let alone just like being harassed and catcalled on the street and feeling upset about that. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Have you heard about Kelly Oxford's hashtag yes. not okay? Yeah. Like the fact that 30 million people have interacted with that hashtag since Friday. Which, it was like 500 an hour or something ridiculous. Yeah, like, like women telling insane. them stories. I, I was actually talking to Calvin about this last night because I, I decided to share like my experiences mm-hmm. on Twitter yeah. yesterday with that, which is like the hard scary. Thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel lucky that mine are like not horrific right which but the fact that i feel lucky is so fucked i know we belittle it right like Like, the fact that i feel lucky that my numerous experiences aren't rape yeah are like you got away i got like that's crazy that i feel lucky and yeah and it doesn't affect you any less like it's still an invasive still think about it yeah the fact that i i was telling calwin about it and like he was getting so upset because he just didn't just doesn't think about how like the world is like yeah I know. He just doesn't get it because right. he's a white guy. Yeah. And um, it was a super interesting conversation. But I just, I can't help but see, like, those conversations going on in the media and, like, my work environment and then all of these initiatives to, like, get more women into directing roles and writing roles. And I'm, like, super pumped by all that. But then, I, yeah, just, it's not, it's not, I don't think the conversation will ever be over in my lifetime. You don't? No. Uh, I Really? Because I... I think f- it will get better, but I don't think it will be over. I feel like... Oh, I feel like it has to. I have to believe, but I feel like it already has gotten better. I don't think it's an, it's far enough yet. But if you look back twenty years ago, it it has gotten better. Yeah. We're talking about things. There's way more women in our industry and in uh, male dominated um, businesses and and resources. So we have to have gotten. We might have a you know female, a female president. president. Like, so it has like recognize yeah. it has gotten better, but we have further to go. Mm-hmm. I think it has to feel a level of. Victory victory because yeah you talked to you like know. you talked i know these, i know i don't next, mean to be a pessimist no no but talk to like the next time you see have like a 20 something year old or a teenager on set find out where their brain's at and it's a different world they don't have the same feeling of like um like they have fight they have fight in them that i didn't have at 15 yeah like, i definitely wasn't thinking about this stuff no when I was 15 no 
we didn't know. We didn't know that that's what we should be thinking about. Like now I go, this is our responsibility. And in fact, like when I said to, I said to one of them, um, what are you creating? Cause we all have to be creating. And I thought she'd say something like, well, I don't know. And she was like, well, I've got a web series. I've got like, she had stuff going so on. Cool. I know. And I was like, love it. So that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's inspiring. Think, yeah. Like with whatever, tell me where, whatever Linda's, I can't not talk to you about whatever Linda, because that was such a pivotal project, not only for you and Hannah as a company, but I feel like in our industry, it was such a cool thing to watch you guys Aww. develop that and um, the success of it too. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's in a very exciting stage. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, um, do you want me to talk about like all of it Tell or just anything? Like Tell me where, okay. So it started as a web series that you, that yeah, um, so Hannah, Hannah and Julian wrote. Hannah and Julian came up with an idea brought on a director, Matt Eastman, and myself, mm. and we got funding. And, and you got had, great funding, too. Yeah, we did. Like, like is that, why, why do you think you had such great funding? Um, Just because it was a great package? Yeah, yeah. it was a great package. Uh, we wouldn't have gotten the funding if Secret Location, who was our production company, hadn't attached themselves. They're an, at that point in time, they were an Emmy Award-winning digital company. Now yeah. they're a multi-Emmy Award-winning yeah, yeah, yeah. digital company that's owned by E1. You know, like, yeah. they're not bad. They're incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, we wouldn't have gotten the first chunk of funding without um, James, the president of that company, attaching his name. And that happened because Matt was friends with him. Um, right. But Because none of us knew how to build websites or apps no. or all of the other stuff that you need to support a web series. Yep. We were all like, we just want to make something. Yeah, <laughs> which is where it starts, though. It's a story, right? Totally. Um, and I think it was just, you know, he wanted to attach his name because it was a great idea and it was original. And basically he was like, you can have my name. Do the application. If you get the money, we'll go from there. Right. We got the money. Fair enough. We got the other half of the money from the OMDC. Um, for those who don't know, that's the Ontario Media uh, Development Corporation, and they're awesome, and they support making jobs and in Canada and the media. I mean, in Ontario in the media. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and so we made it. It was all great. We released it so so on the internet, but we got amazing. Like our web, our web fest ride was crazy. Yeah. We won so many awards. We won. We went to every festival possible that we could think of, basically, and it was really exciting. And um, and now we're turning it into TV. Yeah. With Mark, the Mark Gordon Company, um, which is just, it, I mean, it's it's awesome. Will you reshoot everything? Yeah. So yeah. like, you won't have to have watched whatever Linda as a web series to understand the TV show. Like it's right. going to start right from the Fresh. beginning again yeah, yeah. and kind of retell that whole season, but like totally different. And mm -hmm. with, you know, at 40 minute, 44 minutes per episode is very different than five to eight. Yeah. Um, no kidding. Yeah. And you can still watch the web series at whatever Linda.com. Um, yeah. I don't know. But that's such a charge. Like down, what a but. great thing for you guys to put, like you're both two of the most hardworking people I know, like just what you're accomplishing and, the quality of what you're accomplishing, but also to have that victory is yeah. a pretty amazing feat. It is. It's, it is, it is, uh, it's an amazing feat, you yeah. know, to like have a show in development with a network is pretty, with a company and a network uh, and across the border is like really exciting. How are you going to cap this? You're working on Orphan Black. You've got this. Be <laughs> like, know. oh, I'm going to retire to Florida and play bingo. Like what's the next? Too bad it doesn't <laughs> pay me well enough yet for that. That's it. But... I was talking to somebody. I'm like, she's like, you're always busy. I'm like, I'm not always making money. I'm always busy. There's a big difference. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, I'm terrified of that. What? But I'm really excited. About the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I hope the next thing is Orphan Black ending and whatever Linda being green, greenlit for right. 10 episodes. Because right now we're just, we're like develop, not just, we're in develop, and we're in development. Yeah. I mean, a network has said yes. A production company has said yes. A network has said yes. That's a lot of yeses. That's a lot of yeses. Yeah. There are still a few more steps to like the yes that you need to make a TV show. Yeah. Um, but I hope that Orphan Black ends and I roll into whatever Linda season one would be yeah. my ideal. Um, but there's like so much I want to do. Yeah. I want to really want to direct my first feature. I mean, I have directed my first feature, but it was co-directing with Hannah. Mm-hmm. And it was a very complicated, crazy process of a movie. And um, I'm really proud of the fact that we finished it and we're going to share it with the mm-hmm. world. And I'm really proud of the movie. But it's it would definitely... It wasn't... I wasn't always the director, and yeah. a lot of stuff happened in that movie, so I'm very excited with the idea of, like, finding the first movie that I want to yeah. direct yeah. myself. And, and so does that mean you're reading stuff every day? Does that mean you're just keeping on top of people's work? Like, how are you going to find the script that you'll direct? I don't know yet. It'll just present itself to you. No, I have an idea of what I want it to be. Oh, so maybe you'll write it. Um, I don't really love writing. Right. I have an idea of what I wanted, what I want it to be. I have some writers in mind. I'm thinking about doing a short film yeah. of a scene of it um, as a calling card, which I would write, yeah. and then that's smart. finding a writer after, at that point. Um, See, I think that's how you know the success of whatever Linda, because you made it what you wanted it to be. Oh yeah, right. Totally. So if you do like a little calling card, then you know. It'll be exactly what you want it to be. And I, if I have any advice for anyone that is trying to make it, I would say it is, like, to do that. I mean, I I feel like it's a disadvantage to think that you can get stuff made if you're a nobody these days yeah. with just a script. Like, it's very, very hard. Um, I was really lucky, and I got to, through a friend, through a really close friend, I got to um, uh, hang out and meet... Um, Damien Chazelle, who is the writer-director behind Whiplash and La La Land oh, yeah. at TIFF this year. And I got to meet the whole producing team behind that. And it was it was one of the most amazing nights ever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I got to... The most interesting person I met was actually a woman that night. And uh, she was the sales agent that put, that, put La La Land together. Oh, wow. Cool. And she was also involved in Whiplash. And, um, you know, Whiplash was a case of... Uh, producers finding this like twenty somethings amazing script and loving it as a feature, but knowing that there was no chance in hell that it was going to get made yeah. or big names were going to get attached. So they told, they got Damien to to make a short. Yeah. Out of one scene, you know that short got into Sundance. Right. And now he's made what on December second is going to be the best movie of twenty sixteen right. <laughs> that you're all going to die when you see it. Right. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm just saying, like, yeah. I think that's just, like, an example of big Hollywood executive producers telling, like, telling yeah, someone they that, they should see, do it. that they should do so it. So why shouldn't And we should all yeah. do it. And that's, you know, that's how we got into the room to pitch what Netflix is, because we made this web series, you know? Yeah. And we didn't make the web series thinking it was going to be a TV show. Like, that was, like, such a golden egg that yeah. was, like, high, high, high up in the clouds and, like, hidden away from us. Yeah. We were just trying to make the best... Um, thing we could make because when someone at age like 25 and 30 which was the ages of like the people that were involved in that project give you 150,000 and then 300,000 dollars to make something like it's like yeah use this to like give responsibility every, we have to use every and we have to squeeze every cent out of like every yeah. you know every cent out of every dollar and make sure it's as big and good as it possibly can be because 
this is our like calling card, yeah. you know, and um, not just to make it into a TV show, but to make our careers into anything. Yeah. And uh, I think that my experience for a year and a half of being on Orphan Black before I joined the Whatever Linda team really like gave me the ability to infuse Julian, Hannah, and Matt with like that sensibility that like this isn't just a web series. Yeah. Like, don't feel because like John and Graham, God love them. It drives me crazy, and it's like the bane of all of the producers on that show's existence. But they squeeze every cent out of every dollar that is spent on that show. Right. And even though they have like a big budget, I say that with quotation marks for those who can't see me. <laughs> um, a big budget for a Canadian show. Yeah, it's not a big. It's peanuts yeah. compared to what a lot of American hour-long shows are made for. And th- we're competing with those shows, mm-hmm. and it's inspiring to be with showrunners that like challenge everybody and don't just take the easy route Mm -hmm. and so it was like we I really was able to like see how they ran Orphan Black and bring that to like inspire Hannah and Julian and Matt and I to like say no like this isn't good enough like let's like we're not ready to shoot yet we're not ready these these edit this edit is not good enough to just like sign off on like you know on every and and John and Graham bring that to every part of Orphan Black and that was my only real example of knowing how show how a show was made and run mm-hmm. right run at that point, and so I just copied that. I love that, <laughs> and I think that's like been one of the keys to success is not like big or small, like just I don't know. Push push the limits. Yeah, as much as you can. Yeah, Carrie Appleyard, who is the head of scripted, yeah, uh, uh, at Temple Street, and is like the woman that you know got no's from every single network in Canada in the United States except for BBC America on Orphan Black right. and fought for that show to be made for four years. Yeah. Um, That's another life lesson of, like, no doesn't mean no the to, end. Yeah, <laughs> Which especially is not in film and TV. Yeah, it mean, no means no in certain circumstances. Let's be clear about that. But then in film in and TV... Ways, yeah. There's always another way to find yeah, out challenge something. the no. Um, she's definitely an inspiration mm. and I feel really lucky cause she's really one of my main bosses now. And, um, she's taught me how to give notes and how to, how to be, how to, how to talk to creative people and, um, uh, and how, you know, just, she's taught me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I think she's, I'm just so inspired by her, you know, like she's made more hour long dramas in Canada than like any other company. You know, like and she's I just only been here in Canada for like seven yeah, years. Like six she's years. Done like she's amazing. Been Thank you for coming to Canada, really. Yeah. Thank yeah. you to her Sorry. husband who's yeah. a Canadian. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um for bringing her. And thank you for David and Ivan for hiring her. That's right. But she's definitely an inspiration. Um another orphan black woman that's an inspiration um, I mean, there's countless women on that show yeah. that were being inspiration, but Claire Wellens, our line producer, and she is the most um, calm and collected person I've ever met. And I went into Orphan Black feeling, thinking that like line producers are the scariest people yeah. in the world that shout all the time. And she is the opposite of that. And she is such a reason why John and Graham get to make the show in the way they want because she will fight for it for mm-hmm, them. And mm-hmm. Um, she's a real inspiration. Um, I think, you know, uh, Jill Solway is definitely an inspiration in the sense that she's hired. It, well, Transparent is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been around the industry and back again, and now she has this great show, and she's 
spearheading so many conversations about the female gaze and and um you know trans rights and all that kind of stuff it's amazing and she's also hiring trans people in every department and i think that's really inspiring um and like i am just the world's hardest critic like you ask me about a show and i will like tear to pieces and then be like but i still loved loved it it. yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know and i so i just bring that to everything i work on yeah and i think i i just i like the idea of um pushing the boundaries and i like the idea of like equality in our industry being like that a woman like suzanne beer like directs a show like that that's all men like i like that yeah that to me is equality not necessarily that every woman every like, it's not that 50-50 on screen is um, women and men, because that's just not the reflection of, like, the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And same with um, different ethnicities on screen. I think there's always room to push the boundary more, and I want more and more people of different cultures and ethnicities to be, yeah. um, other than white people, to be in leading roles. But I also think that sometimes, like, a show, a movie should just have four white people in it, because it's that's the story that's being yeah, told or it's, it's or it should be that. four black men and that's the story that's being told and it would be really cool if it was a white woman directing those four black men in their movie and it would be really cool if it was a brown guy directing yeah. four women in that movie you know like i well, i think i think it's standing back and looking know. the story and going okay let's just make sure we're making choices consciously yeah right so that if we have five white guys there's a either there's a reason behind it or can that guy be a woman can that guy be a woman can that guy be Black and that, like, let's let's just challenge these things. Yeah, totally. That's and, all. like, um, on Orphan Black, we definitely do that. And we got called, we've got been called out by our fans in earlier seasons that we were super white. Mm-hmm. And so we're very conscious about that now in casting mm-hmm. more than we were before. So I think there's a lot of room to go. And I, and, and I can't help it that everything I've made has basically been, like, a female pr- protagonist. Yeah. It's, like, just what I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, and I, if I think right now, sitting here, like, my dream projects that I know I'll make at some point, like, most of them have women in, mm-hmm. as the lead mm-hmm. in them. You know, the the feature that I want to direct that would be my first feature it, it is about two women. Um, the feature I want to follow up with that is two women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the TV show I dream of making is centered about around a woman. Yeah. Um... And that's just, like, my taste and my my lens and stuff. But that does that mean that I wouldn't, like, you know, be brought on to... Would, would say no to, like, producing the next James Bond? Like, definitely right. not. Yeah. But and, also, having your you voice know, in a James Bond would be super exciting. Yeah, totally. Right? I, I agree. <laughs> but anyone <laughs> listening to this podcast out there... I could talk to you all day. It's like, we're this, this is amazing to have this much time just to I chat. Know. It's very nice. And it's not in the corridor of a party or anything like that, which is great. It's <laughs> <laughs> like just passing. That's through. normally what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll see you at Deb's. Yeah, right? <laughs> I uh, No, I do. I love, I think you're so passionate, and I feel like um, we're a lucky community to have you. Thanks. So that was Mackenzie Donaldson. Don't you just, don't you just love her? She's amazing. She's interesting and funny and smart, and she's done so much in her career so far. I just can't wait to see what she does next. She came into the um, studio from work and I know she went back to work after we recorded because that's the kind of girl she is. She uh, she loves what she's doing and just works so hard and she's so driven I find it really inspiring. 
you're gonna wanna follow along because she is set to do some amazing things. Um, she's part of a project called Whatever Linda that started out as a web series and um, it's going places. So make sure you follow that. That's with Hannah Cheeseman. And we'll have Hannah on at some point because she's another amazing woman. Uh, but follow Mackenzie on her Twitter. And that is at Mackie GD. M-A-C-K-I-E-G-D. She's got great pictures. She's got funny things to say. She's the tops. Hey, while you're at it, why not follow us too? On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Firecracker Department. That's Firecracker, D-E-P-T. Of course, you can go to our website, firecrackerdepartment.com, and on Facebook. Oh, and here's a little FYI. We are going to do a monthly Facebook Live chat the last Sunday of every month. So if you're kicking around and you want to chat with some of our past firecrackers that are going to join in, or some future firecrackers, it's just a chat to uh, build our community and to talk about what is inspiring and who is inspiring and get jazzed about those kind of things. Really, this is just a chance to build our community of fierce firecracker women and get inspired. So join the department, join the conversation, become a fellow firecracker. We'd love to have you. Maybe go get those business cards redone and have them like embossed this time. Make them super fancy. Or maybe, you know, just take that parking spot that you wanted. Or take that corner office that you've always wanted in the department. Just have it. Be fierce. Now go on out there. Get inspired. Be inspiring. Have a great day. And thanks for listening. See you next time.